This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, good morning. Well, today we're going to read again from our passage. It's our third time going through us, and we're going to go through this passage for four more weeks, and I pray that it just gets inside. Not only is it something in your brain, but it's in your heart. The Bible says that we can invite the truth in our innermost being. We should invite the truth in our heart. In fact, the Bible says the truth can come inside of our life that we may not sin against it, which means God's word invited in and literally will bring a nutrient inside of our lives that will bring us to, you know, bring an exchange of thought, bring an exchange of, of picture, bring an exchange of insight so that you, all of a sudden you go, well, I, I'm thinking different. I'm being different. My whole life is taken on a different persona. Why? Because the truth now is inside of your life. You're living, breathing, moving in the presence of God's truth. I, I want to, I can't say this enough. The Bible isn't just some recorded act of God, a recorded, you know, uh, of exercise. It is literally living and breathing God in your life. And if you take it as a letter, then all you're going to get is a letter. But if you receive it as the presence of God in your life, there's going to be an exchange of the presence of God through your life. And so as we read Second Peter chapter 1, God says again, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for live a godly life. We are not a church. We are not a people that are behavioral management. We are a people that believe that God's divine can exercise in our life. There's a big difference. There's a big difference. Religion says, look, let's have behavioral management and we'll look the part. The divine nature means we're going to be the part. Amen? By his divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. In view of all this, Make every effort to respond to God's promises. Supplement your faith with a generous provision of moral excellence. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Heroic morality. Supplement your faith again with generous provision of moral excellence and moral excellence with knowledge. Last week we talked about knowledge. Not just knowledge of this world, but the knowledge of who God is. And knowledge with today, we're talking about self-control. And self-control with patient endurance. And patient endurance with godliness and godliness with burly affection, and burly affection with love for everyone. The more you grow like this, everything in God is not stagnant. Everything in God is growing, it's producing. The more you grow like this, the more productive and effective you will be in the knowledge of your Lord. But those who fail to develop in this way are short-sighted and blind, forgetting that they've been cleansed from their old sins. And I want to 
just um, ask you and try to teach you some things. In fact, I, I'm really learning that uh, my uh, learning something even new in my pastoral pastoral um, activity is is how important it is for me to lead in the spirit, whether it's my marriage, whether it's my kids, whether it's my staff, whether it's the elders. And so I just want to share with you that many of you, that even in the presence of us today, that there is kind of like a a real um, lull in the space. I don't know if you're feeling that spiritually. Um, the, the music that we're singing, and, and Pastor Jenna, she's been led by God, you know, put that fire inside of us. But see, that can be something that we look at, that we can even be, we can even uh, have a, some form of activity in, but we have to engage. And I love that um, Rob, who's uh, Pastor Jenna's uh, husband, you know, years ago, um, he had said this. He goes, you know, we need to inform, we need to inspire, but we need to engage. And I, I really believe sometimes that we can have that space in our worship today. We can have that space in this message. I could inform you. I could inspire you. I could dance on my head, get all over excited and everything else. But you need to engage the truth. Amen? There, there's an activity where you need to have, we need to have this together, this moment with God. And, and I really sense that it was really, it's a struggle. Now, I, I know that, in fact, I got family members that contacted COVID and, you know, and, and so that, you know, they're, they're in their social distancing space right now and, and I'm not able to fellowship with them and stuff. And I know that there's a lot of things that are going on, even now the numbers are going up and everybody becomes so actively minded with everything going around them. But let me tell you something. We just read a scripture that we need to engage in. We can be partakers of his divine nature. We gotta stop being fearful of COVID or fearful of this or fearful of that. We've gotta start literally recognizing that God has an attachment with truth. Though Satan is rising up. And the Bible said in these last days, he would rise up. And you know what? This isn't just about a word. This isn't just about a sickness. This is a direct strategy of the enemy and it's not meant so that you lose heart. In fact, what it should do is bring an assurance of how much you need God and how much this world needs God. Amen? And we shouldn't be aiming to go, do you have the, did, did you get the uh, vaccine? Did you get the vaccine? We should stop comparing who has it, who doesn't have it, who's getting, we, we could stop. I am going to be a partaker of the divine nature of God. All that other stuff to me is just nonsense. It can be happening, it cannot be happening, but I need to push in and say, we, should, we as the body of Christ, as sojourners in this walk, I'm not of this world. God paid a price so that I could be on a journey to heaven. Now, whether you can see those steps, whether you're walking in those steps or not, here's what I know about God. God wants you to live heaven out on earth. That's what he wants you to do. And there's going to be a lot of things on earth that are just crazy, crazy nonsense. And yet here we have this passage as sojourners, and it was, it was much the same in the early church. In fact, I loved that. I, think, I thought Scott just uh, did a wonderful job talking about Corinth. And you know, they're, they're, they're sojourners, and here we are sojourners, and what's happened is the church has evolved. But you know what's happened is instead of being evolved in what God wants, all we are is getting involved with the world is. We gotta stop being involved with the world and evolve with who God wants us to be. 
We should be challenging every single day. You know what? This message today, you should be talking about on Monday. And you should be calling your friends and sharing. This is what God's doing in my life. You should be provoked into righteousness. You should be pushed into the presence of God. You should be angry at the darkness that's going on and prevailing. You shouldn't be angry at man. You should be angry at the darkness. And you should be the light that God has called you to be. So I want to do an exercise. In fact, I'm going to, and I'm just sharing this stuff because I feel God's doing some new things in my, my own life. And so by no means am I sharing something with you that I have, that I have exercised and got it down. In fact, I am sharing something with you at the very birth place of what God's doing in my personal life or in our, in our marital life right now. And that is this. We are now beginning to do devotions, not just in the morning at times, but also in our afternoon time where we're having dinner. And what we're doing is we're doing a reflection space. Now, we, we had just read that last week. We talked about, you know, what, you know, in Romans 12, it says you should, don't think yourself too high. You know what I mean? Saying so we should have a, a fair appraisal of our own walk. And so yesterday what we did is we went in and we put Kyle Eidelman on and, and Peter, and, but we've, and then we began to give thanks. And we had kind of a frustrating day. I'm just going to tell you, our day was kind of frustrating. There were just things that were going wrong and wrong and wrong. And, I mean, even little things that you're trying to overcome. And I mean, a grease fitting, okay? That can seem like really, you know, really trivial to you. But if, without this grease fitting, it cost me $2,000 to fix something. So it's not pivotal. It's $2,000 grease fitting for me. All right? And I can't seem to get, I can't, I go to tractor supply. I go to family farm. I'm going everywhere I can to get a grease fitting for this thing. Can't find it. Some really weird Korean thread. I don't know what it is. But anyway, so the point of it is I'm getting in that space. And then we've got some other things and there's been some distractions throughout the day. And so we're sitting down and having dinner together. And Brett and my wife goes, let's just have, let's just do this fun little exercise. You know, everything's fun with my wife. But anyway, fun little exercise and let's give thanks. And so, all right, I'm thankful for this, God. And I'm thankful for this. And the next thing we know, we're like, Wow. We had so many things. By the way, what we were doing is trying to be like daddy. You go, what do you mean? Well, my daddy in heaven, every single day, he looked back in the dead day and said, thanks, it was a good day. It wasn't a finished day. I didn't finish that crazy grease fitting thing. I knew it wasn't a finished day, but it was a day to reflect and give thanks. So I'm gonna do that right now in prayer. We're gonna start this service out in thanks because everything that God builds on and everything your heart needs is it needs to be seasoned with gratitude, seasoned with thanks. And I sense that a lot of us right now, there's just a lot of frustration. There's a lot of unknown. There's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of just, fr- just things going on in the emotional, physical, soulish realm that's helping, that's keeping us from what God really wants to do in our heart today. And it's really important that God does something in our heart today. So let's bow our heads. And I'm going to praise. Father, I just thank you for this day. I'm so thankful for a wonderful worship team. God, that loves you. I'm thankful that they get here early and exercise, God, their hearts of worship toward you. And Lord, if they love you, audience of one. God, and Lord, throughout that, Lord, their skill sets, Father, they give to you and they help lead us. God, thank you. For that. Lord, I thank you, Lord Father, for the team that's back and that, Lord, just doing all the service behind the scenes, whether it's the visual, whether it's the sound, Father God, and, and Father, all the project, Lord, all the things that, Lord, details, Father. Thank you, God, for the staff. 
God, thank you, Father, they work, Lord, tirelessly in their heart and their thoughts, Father, to make sure that, Father, all of us could gather and, and see who you really are, Father, the knowledge and the greatness that, of who you are. God, thank you for our marriages, God. Thank you, Father, for the counsel and the insight and the changes that evolve, the divine nature that can take on. Thank you for the challenges, God, that you put in front of us that show us, Lord, that we're not up to the task, but God, that you are. Greater are you, Lord, is in us, Father. Thank you, Father, that thanks be to God that all always leads us. Thank you for your word, Father. God, that your word, Father, that shows us, Lord, who you are. And the word became flesh. God, I pray that your word inside of us would become alive and moving. Father, I pray as we open up the word today, that, Father, it's not just letter. Spirit of God, breathe in this service today. Breathe in our hearts to God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're not just sitting up in heaven, just roaming the face, looking for the things that are wrong with us, but you are there engaged in our life, longing for that space. You, you never slept last night thinking about this very moment and the next moments to come, wanting to do something divine in our life. God, I pray, and Lord, I, Lord, I ask right now that we would engage that. God, I pray for a thankful heart in this service. A thankful heart that you are here. Your presence of your truth is here in this space. And we worship you. And I just want you right now, God, I thank you, Father, that, Lord, you're going through the rows. You know where every heart is at. Take us to new spaces. And even beginning spaces, Father God, of a penitent hearts. God, Isaiah 66 says it so well. There's nothing that we could build that would impress you. Not even, Lord, not the services, not the messages, not any of it. But God, a penitent, broken spirit. God, I pray a breaking in our lives to know you and all you are in our life. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen. 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 Do you ever sense something's just off in your life? I did that exercise, first of all, because I, I want just, I sensed something was just off with the beginning here, the service. But if you sense that's off in your relationship, stop and just pray. Take that moment with your spouse. Take that moment with your child. Exercise, learn what God has. God has something so great for your life. Well, today we're gonna be talking about self-control and many of us have such a negative picture well, here we're going to go again. We're going to talk about something that's where it's, I'm always doing it wrong or, or I'm always, uh, in fact, I was hesitant to um, even share the story, but I think I'll, I'll share it. It was kind of a funny story. Uh, and my wife and I were on, uh, I have a, a big uh, tractor and, and uh, anyway, we're, we're riding on it and my, and, my, and my wife says it best. She goes, I'm planting it, you're wrecking it. So anyway, so I just, and anyway, we're driving on the tractor and she goes, you're not driving over that Myrtle. And, and we're living in one of our rental spaces right now and it's got some, you know, and she's just trying to make the best of it. And, and I was, I was aiming right for that Myrtle just because it was, a, you know, it's, you know, what is a straight line, right? A to B, straight place. And so she goes, you're not doing that. So, I, okay, I, I made a left turn, went a different direction. And then she just going, she says, you were going to do that, weren't you? You were going to do that. She was, she was just riding me in, a, in a, her little fun way in that. And so I thought, oh, I'll just be funny too. So I grabbed the wheel and I hang it to right because there's, there's Myrtle everywhere. So I thought, well, okay, if I can't touch that Myrtle, I'll touch that Myrtle. So I, I grabbed that wheel and she just flew right off the tractor. And she's in the air. And she, you can see, I mean... It's, there's a space of seconds here, but there's a lot of conversation going on. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to be preaching on self-control. I'm not sure that right hand was the right thing to do. But anyway, it was funny. 
<laughs> and I was thinking about my a bike ride. In fact, I didn't even know, do I laugh at this space or not? And then I went back to a moment where I had fell off my bike and, and I fell on my bum and I was, you know, really, I had a really bad hurt bum, like, like her bum was hurt here. And, and you know what she did in her self-control? She laughed like I'd never seen her laugh. So I thought, this might be that space where you reap what you sow. All right, anyway, we had a fun moment together. Number one, when God shows us his knowledge, we need to add self-control to this knowledge. When God shows us who he is. So this means, really simple, God shows you that he's a healer, then you need to add self-control that he is a healer. There's going to be a test that will come. You'll have symptoms. You'll have whatever's going to go on, but that's self-control. And so when I, when I share with you, this isn't something where we want to talk about you can't do this and you can't do it. Although that is all part of self-control, but that's not the self-control that's talking about in the divine nature. There's something so beautiful in this space of thought that we miss it if we don't search it out. And if the Spirit, when the Spirit of God begins to reveal it, in fact, he even revealed more of it this morning to me. So I want to read some passage to you. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels and his glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So this, in the context of what we're talking about here, Jesus is beginning to reveal secrets. Remember what we've been talking about that. That's God's passion. He wants to reveal secrets in your marriage. What a beautiful treasure that is. He wants to reveal secrets in his plan for, for your prosperity or the things that God has. He wants to reveal secrets so you can talk to that person. That's called words of knowledge and words of wisdom. God wants to reveal who he is. That's always been his plan. So Jesus shows up with his disciples. And what happens is, is he's beginning to reveal a secret. He says, look, I came here not so that we could be best friends, not so that we could just, you know, commune together and have all these miraculous and this, these people following and we could feed the thousands and people would get delivered of demons. All that's all great. But I came here to die. In fact, this passage, and you'll read in Matthew chapter 16, it follows this space of time where Peter has just been rebuked. Because Jesus is revealing to his secrets to his disciples, to those whom he loves, and they don't, they don't really want it because it's different. It's not what they want. And how many times when God is revealing something to you, but it's just not in the way you wanted it delivered. It's not in the way you had seen it for, taken formation. Or it's not in the, you know, it's, it's in some, some way not what you imagined. And here comes God bringing his imagination, bringing his secret, bringing his knowledge of who he is and the greatness of he is. And Peter's going, no, 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 no. You're not going to die. Not on my watch. Blah, 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 blah. And Jesus looks at him and says, get behind me, Satan. Well, what is Satan doing? Satan wants to, he's the opposite of the revealer. He's the one, the concealer. He does not want to see God's design. He wants to see it concealed so that you don't have revelation of how great our God is is. And so in this moment, Jesus, get behind me, Satan, you're your concealer. And then right after the passage, we just, Peter, James, John, 
Matthew, there it is. All of the disciples, he goes, look. It says, follow. Follow along with this. I want to reveal even greater things. And, and you're sitting there stumbling upon what I've already given to you. I've got so much more that I want to reveal to you. God wants to bring, take his divine nature, put it in his disciples. In fact, let's read on because some of you will not even die until you see the coming of the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And Matthew 17 said that this way it's recorded. And six days later, six days later, right after later of what? Later of what? Just this, this moment where they've literally had communion together. Jesus is just he's beginning to reveal who he is and what's going on. There's a, there's a war going on in the inside of their life. Going, That's just not what I want. It's not how I, I seen it coming to pass. And all of a sudden God goes, look, stop following your own ways. Follow me the way. Six days later, Jesus takes them up, took Peter and his two brothers, James and John, and led them up to a high mountain to be alone as the men watched Jesus appearance was transformed so that his face shone like the sun his clothes became as white as light suddenly Moses and Elijah appeared and began talking with Jesus Peter explained Lord it's wonderful for us to be here if you want I'll make three shelters as memorials one for you one for Moses and one for Elijah but even as he spoke, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my dearly loved son, who brings me great joy. Listen to him. The disciples were terrified and fell face down to the ground. Then Jesus came over and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. And when they looked up, Moses and Elijah were gone. They saw only Jesus. As they went back down the mountains, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from the dead. Can you imagine how much self-control... You need to keep what just happened inside of you. That's what God is talking about, the divine nature. God's saying, when I'm, I want to reveal. He says, I, can't, I will not reveal secrets to you if you get so full of yourself and that you find your identity by some experience you had. Self-control is when God does something so miraculous, so amazing inside of your life, and that God says, you, oh, you're like, I'm putting this inside of you, and there will be a time for delivery. But can you keep your mouth shut? Because it's not about you. It never was about you. It's about what I can do through you. I can't even imagine the self-control that had to come inside of that moment. Because I don't know about you, but I would have been, man, I, I mean, I would have wanted to tell everybody. I just saw Moses and Elijah. Are you serious? I just saw Jesus completely transfigured. Everything I've ever seen about Jesus was amazing. But it was in a whole new place now. It is completely different. Don't tell anyone what you have seen until the Son of Man has been raised from dead. Then his disciples asked him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return from the Messiah comes, before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Elijah is, is indeed coming first to get everything ready, but I tell you, Elijah has already come. But he wasn't recognized when they chose to abuse him. And in the same way they will, they will make the Son of Man suffer, then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. Now, I don't know about you, but do you think that those disciples thought, oh, I, just, I got a question for you right now. That question was already inside of them. What I love about this secret space that God has, what I love about the knowledge of God that God wants to bring into place, it answers questions that you've been laying dormant that you didn't even dare to ask. 
There is nothing like the space of the presence of God in your life. We should be longing for that. And so many times we don't, we don't have these exercises in our life because all we have done is, all we've done is argued. We got to stop getting and say, God, show me your ways. Reveal your ways. Reveal in the presence of God who you are. And I'm going to tell you something. You'll know when you're in the presence of God because you'll be broke. If you're, I'm going to tell you, you're in the presence of the enemy when all you do is gather knowledge to puff you up. You may have had a spiritual experience. I won't deny your spiritual experience, but you're in the wrong spirit. Where you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit, every single time there's a brokenness inside of you. There's a new thought, a new teaching, there's a new understanding, but at the same time, you're undone. And what you find is, is there are others who go, well, I I know something you don't know. I got something you don't have. That is the wrong spirit. And let me tell you, if you think Lucifer won't use the word of God, you haven't read the Bible. Lucifer will use the word of God, confuse it, and twist it. And the, the, the fruit is really easy. When you, Lucifer uses the word, your response is you elevate yourself in what you know. When God uses the words, you're humbled in the space of his presence. That's how you know what spirit you're in. Number two, the more knowledge you have, the better choices you can make for a full life. In Romans chapter 7, there are many people that ask, what happens to all the babies that are aborted or all of the, 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 the young children that, are, that die before they could even make a choice um, to follow Christ? In Romans chapter 7, verse 9, Paul describes it, Once I was alive apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment deceived me and through the commandment put me to death so then the law is holy and the commandment is holy righteous and good what is it saying that sin what, what meant what god meant for to give me guidance what god meant for me to get understanding all of a sudden now my nature of sin on the inside of me said i'm going to do it my own way that's what sin is doing it my way not god's way the born again nature what that does is going, look, I know that there's a nature inside of me that wants to do it my way, but this is God's divine nature inside. I choose his way. And what we find is this is the passage where they call it, where what they do is called, it comes to the age of accountability. A child comes to an age of accountability right around anywhere between 10 to 13 years old. And they come into that space of time and they go, I, I you know what, I, 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 all the, the cuteness of God and the stories of God or the, or the, the here's the world and, and all the, the lust of the thing. And they come to that space of life when they make choices. And in that choice, they will choose the Lord as their life or they'll choose themselves and their life. That's what we call the age of accountability. All children that pass in this life Before they come to that age, every single one of them go to heaven. Isn't that good news? Isn't that good news? Well, Ecclesiastes chapter 1, verse 18 says this about knowledge. The greater my wisdom, the greater my grief. Now notice God's presence. 
To increase knowledge only increases sorrow. Why? Because you're going to be more broke. This, what you realize is that more you understand who God is, the more knowledge you grow on who God is, you realize how far the world has moved away from God's divine plan. You'll be broke. You will be broke. Number three, this addition of faith, self-control, is the idea of mastering a thought of being fixed on or on or strong in something. I was uh, sharing with a, um, our brother in the Lord yesterday on the phone. He was asking me about leadership. I said, you know, um, I'm not one of those people that just want to read, 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 tons of books. I would like to read a book or read a truth, whether it's the Word of God, whether it's a truth that leads to the Word of God. And I'd rather spend my time not just getting it as here, head knowledge, but engage it in my heart. And it takes time. And so what I find is that I'll, I'll set my course on that truth and I'll try to memorize it and I will try to exercise it. I will measure myself by it. Is, there a, or is my life literally taken on, these, uh, on the space of this truth or is it not? Or am I, if, has what started, I'm already drifting away. And then I'll right away ask somebody else that I'm close to to hold me accountable. Hold me accountable to this. Is, my, is the way I talk, the way I look at things, the way I converse, is the way I respond to situations. I'll never, you know, never forget my wife and I when we were, we were bickering about some things in life. And I, 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 we looked at each other and go, we need to fire our first response team. Our first response, which means the way we respond to each other right away, the first thing, it, it wasn't Christ-like. And so we, we, now it's a, just a known thing. We're going, well, there's the first response team that's showing up. They shouldn't have been, should have been fired a long time ago. Or, you know, and vice versa. And so we realize it's the second, which means we need to realize that the first thing that comes is usually our nature. It's not God's nature. And so what we do is we go, no. And then we see, so that God's nature can respond in that space. Amen? We have two things. Let me tell you something. There are two natures in every single one of us. There's the divine, and there's the not so divine. Amen. There's you, and you know, God says, "Less of you, less of me." And I want to walk in this divine. And so, what I've learned is, is these exercises, just like exercises can build muscle, so can these exercises build your spiritual muscle. It's time for us to realize that we should be exercising our faith and not just intellectualizing it. If I stare at something I'm not supposed to have, next thing I'll own it. I, le- I learned that from my pastor. He goes, you, if you go and say, look, he says, you know you're not supposed to have that car? Then don't go to the car lot. He says, and furthermore, don't go in the showroom. And better not talk to that salesman. Because next thing you know, you're going to have that thing in your parking lot. Why? Because all you're doing is the very thing, you know, the very thing. You say, and what most of us will do is, just, well, I'm just, I just want to know more about it. No, you want to have more about God, not more about the thing you're already having a conscience about not having. Genesis chapter 22, and by the way, if anybody asks those, somebody asked me this morning, he goes, those tire tracks that are squealing in the front of the church, those you, no. Those are not me. (laughs) Genesis chapter 22, verse 2 through 12. Then God said, take your son, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and you go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. 
Early the next morning, Abraham got up, saddled his donkey, took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place of God and told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up, saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, stay here with the donkey while I go. And the boy go over there and we will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering, placed it on his son Isaac. He himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said, Father Abraham, yes, my son Abraham replied, the fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. I want you to see this. There is a divine thing going on in Abraham. I'll say it again. There's a divine thing going on inside of Abraham. Abraham was seeing God as a provider. He's seeing God as a provider. And when they reached the place God had told them about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar at the top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven and Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on that boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God because you've not withheld from me your son, your only son. In Hebrews 11, verse 17, and sometimes we don't study the word of God. We get into a historical moment and we go, what in the world is going on in this space? We'll study the whole counsel of God because here's what happened is the, the, the author of Hebrews, through the spirit of God, reveals something to us, what's going on in the story. God had got the secret, what was going on in Abraham, and it's recorded in Hebrews eleven seventeen. Hebrews eleven seventeen 17, it was by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham, who had received God's promises. What have we been reading? This divine nature comes by what? Receiving, receiving promises. He had received his promises, was ready to sacrifice his only son, Isaac. Even though God had told him, Isaac is a son through whom your descendants will be. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. What you are seeing here is, is that the promise that God had was bigger than the physical that Abraham was about to do. And most of us here today are all about the physical. We're all about what's going on in the space of our thought life here. But the promise inside of Abraham was bigger. We, the, to be the divine nature, the promise is bigger than all of the worldly things. You, if the world here is bigger than the promise, you're not sojourning in the kingdom. You're here in the space of this kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as well as it is in heaven. Closing point today's self-control, mastering comes to the test of faith. There's no way you get in this space overnight. Abraham was 100 years old when he got in the space to have that promise. Now he's 114 years old. James 1, 2-4 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come, how many of you got some trouble going on? Consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, this divine nature, this faith, these promises that are on the inside of your life. Your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. I am, I am not perfect. I am not complete. And I definitely need things. 
But I pray that God, I'm thankful to God that every test, and here's something that God spoke to me for some of you. In fact, I know one person specifically needs to hear this today, but I'm sure there are more of you. Many of you are facing the battles of yesterday, or today, like you did yesterday. You're taking your faith that you've had in the past and bringing that same presence of faith in your present. And God says, look, no, I wanted your faith to grow. So you need to bring more faith to the table than you had yesterday. Otherwise, all you've done is the same you've had yesterday. Just like any person wanting to grow a muscle, hope is they can't wait for more weight to get on that barbell. That's the whole point of them working out. They break down what they've had so they can build up to more. God's saying the same thing with the spiritual. He says, look, you're frustrated because you're saying the same scriptures, you're saying the same prayers, you're standing in the same presence, and you're not getting the victory that you had in the past. And God says, that's not what it's about. This testing of your faith, you got to bring more. So if I can give you a, a picture of it, if you're facing a thousand-man army, and God is faced to your thousand-man army, and he has angelically, through the promises and the presence of God, helped you 10 years ago in that space, and you got victory. And so here you are, 10 years later, facing a battle in your life. And you feel like it's a similar battle. So you take the same space of faith that you had 10 years ago, and you're not getting victory. You're not going to. You, should, you need to be adding to your faith. Adding to the space of your growth. You need to have that divine nature that's grown on the inside of you because the testing of your faith and the endurance of your faith was supposed to grow. And you're getting frustrated in the presence of God. And God says, don't get frustrated with me. I'm longing for you to grow. I'm longing for your, that divine nature to, to participate. I'm longing for more of me inside of your life. And so what happens is you get downtrodden, you get discouraged, instead of going, well, take this on. This is a test in my life. And the joy of what God's going to come. I see this thing, thing. I'm grabbing on to this promise that God has in my life, and I'm not letting go. This self-control that God's given me is not going over there fighting sin. I am going over there, and I am fighting the nature on the inside of my own life to say, I am not going to let go of God's promises. Those promises are the nutrition of who I am in God. Can anybody say amen? So some of you here are facing battles that are bigger than what you had in the past. You're not getting victory, and you're struggling with that and saying, well, God's promise is still alive. The same promises have always been there, but we read it. The Bible says, add to your faith virtue, moral, heroic excellence, and to that knowledge, knowledge of God, and to that self-control. Take on the divine God. I want to be in that space. I think I wish that I would have taken more time with my kids in prayer. I can't take that time back. But I'll tell you what, this time forward, I can do it. This time forward. The same thing with staff. My staff, they'll say, I, I, I'm praying more than ever with them. The same belief, it's just exercised differently. I'm not believing, I'm not going over there wanting them to, to, to engage and say, I, I mean, before I was saying, here's the truth, let's do this together. I'm not looking for the collaboration. I'm leading in the presence of God. And what's happened in the times past is I want to just collaborate. Let's team up with this. And God's going, no, I've called you to lead. Men, rise up and lead in the spirit. Mothers, rise up, lead in the spirit. 
Be everything that God's called you to be. It's time to stop following the dictates of the world and waiting for somebody else to, to do it. God's called you. And by the way, in the spirit, God doesn't see gender. So don't make this about a male and female thing. God doesn't see gender. He doesn't see color. What he sees is divine. Will you participate in that? Now, in the gender, God has some expectations, some guidelines, some kingdom rules that he expects you to follow that will prove the divine inside of you and to the world. That's all that is. Father, I thank you for who you are. God, forgive me for those areas where I've just got involved with the nonsense, got involved with the culture too often. Still, you are here. Love that song. You are here. You're here in my heart. You're here in our hearts. You're here in the presence. This is your temple, God. Have your way. God, I pray angels in the space of this area, have your way. If you're here in service right now and you are unsure where you spend eternity and you want to know that you're on your way to heaven or maybe you've been distracted, lost your footwork, it's not here about why. It's here about what are you going to do in the space of that conviction? Will you honor God in that space of conviction? Allow the divine come in your heart. If either situation are you, I want you to raise your hand nice high. We want to pray for you in the service today. Anybody here? Thank you for that hand. Anybody else says, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else say, that's me. Thank you. Anybody else say, that's me. All right, church family, we're going to pray right now. Say, Father God. Come on, church, let's do this together. Father God, in Jesus' name, I am broke, and you're the one that makes me whole. I surrender to you, Jesus. I receive your forgiveness. I receive your hope. I take on your divine nature, being born again. I'm all yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up. Let's worship our God. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer. We'll see you next week.